Welcome to the 14th NISO Experience Session. We hope that you've enjoyed the session so far, and today will be no exception. My name is Dr. Renee Pompey, and I'm proud to serve on the 2022 NISO Annual Planning Committee. Our session today is brought to us by Sesame Communications, and it will feature Jeremy Salas, who will present actionable tips for increasing your practice's online visibility. Jeremy Salas is a Senior Solutions Advisor for Sesame Communications. He's been helping orthodontic practices get found and get chosen by prospective patients for over seven years. His aunt and uncle were both orthodontists, giving him unique insight into what it takes to run a practice and how important it is to stay relevant in order to keep bringing in new patients. Jeremy works closely with Sesame member practices to develop unique digital marketing strategies that will help them meet their business goals. He's excited to share his industry knowledge today and give you the necessary tools for organic visibility and digital advertising online. Stay tuned to hear Jeremy's actionable tips for making sure your practice is highly visible online. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, thank you, Dr. Pompey. And um, thanks for joining my webinar on actionable tips to ensuring uh, that your practice is highly visible online. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen here so that everybody can see my presentation. All right. So um, like Dr. Pompey said, my name is Jeremy Salas. I work with um, practices to help them meet their goals of growing and um, maintaining their practices and making it more efficient and giving their patients a better way to communicate with them. All right, so uh, a little bit about myself, keep this personable. Um, I am a dog dad to this lovely little Frenchie. Her name is Flossie, and she was the office dog at Sesame and the team mascot until COVID changed our setting uh, back in May of 2020. And we moved from Seattle to San Diego. And <clears throat> with that move, my dad has deemed me the beach bum of the family. And there is a little bit of truth to that. Um, I love to surf, play volleyball, hang with friends around the fire pit, um, and just lay in the sun. Now, I'm also an uncle to these seven awesome kids that you see down here. Um, actually, there's only six that you're seeing, but my brother, my youngest brother, just had another one uh, a couple of months ago. And I love being an uncle to them, taking them roller skating, camping, um, ice cream, and then I love being able to give them back to their parents at the end of the day. Um, like Dr. Pompey said, I am one of the senior solutions advisors for Sesame Communications, working with our member practices to help them develop and implement strategies to meet whatever goals they have for their practice uh, in regards to software and digital marketing. Okay, all right, so we're gonna get right into this. Uh, as you all know, the, the past 19 months have been heavily impacted by COVID-19 and has, have accelerated things when it comes to visibility online. So with social media, Google, smartphones, tablets, laptops, um, and easy accessibility to the internet, more people are online now than ever before in history. So what does this mean for your practice? Uh, what are you going to do to ensure that you continue generating a steady patient flow into the future? Now, first, before we can talk about online visibility, we have to start with the basics. And what that is, your website. 
Okay. Because we're starting with your website, it's important to understand that it's not just an online business card anymore. Now, five-ish years ago, your site was a means to show your logo, your practice and doctor's name, maybe a slogan, uh, and how to contact you. Well, as technology ramps and user behavior shifts, we're seeing patients wanting more and more ways to communicate with practice through digital means. They don't just want a card that you can hand them anymore. They want to know who you are, what is your story about your staff, how can they connect with you and communicate with you in non-traditional ways. So now more than ever before, your website is the new office front door. Uh, this is where people can learn about and connect with you through things like social media. Social media has become a cornerstone for online marketing as it's a way for people to get an insight into who you are and what you're all about. So having this information regarding your social pages accessible is going to help give patients a way to connect with you and become patients without coming to the office or making that traditional phone call. Having tools on your website, like virtual consultation, so that a patient can send you their contact info and images and their smile, text messaging through a link on your site, chat widgets with live agents to engage website visitors, these are all things that need to be in place in order for you to cast a wide net and be pulling in patients from online sources. Now, before we can talk about virtual consultation or people texting from your site or scheduling appointments online, we need people to find your website and find you first, right? So you can have all the latest and greatest technology pieces in place for patients to connect with you, but if they can't find your website, it's gonna be a complete waste of time and money. You know, it's gonna increase that visibility, um, but it's also going to be, we're gonna to have to start the discuss, discussion about visibility um, by taking a look at Google, right? So Google, by far the largest and most expansive power playing search engine in the world. Uh, garners 5.4 billion uh, searches daily with 227 million searches per hour. So that is a lot of traffic, right? Google far outshadows, outshadows all the other search engines by a landslide. So you're probably wondering, what does this mean? It means that your practice must be visible on Google if you're gonna have a chance to be ranking well. Um, point blank, right? Now, if anyone is familiar with SEO or online marketing via search engines, you've most likely heard of Google's algorithm. Categorizing coding that crawls the internet for answers, delivering them to its users who, do, who are doing keyword searches. The algorithm is closely guarded without public access as to what it's looking for or what percentages break down. But through research and data collection on how different searches present themselves, we can put together a comprehensive idea of what's important to Google and how to use that information to help you and your practice rank better and be visible in those searches. So with that being said, where do you wanna be listed in a keyword search on Google? Now, before we can get into overall strategies on how to build these rankings, we have to understand where we want to be within that Google search and how it breaks down. So as you can see here, I have an example of a Google search for an orthodontist in New York City. And there are three different sections. So first, and arguably the most important, is in the middle, right below the map. 
We call this section the map pack or the snack pack. And this area lists the top three geographically located businesses uh, that are most relevant to the search inquiry. Now, the reason that this is so highly coveted is that out of, out of all the online searches for businesses or service providers, 45% of decisions are made on the results that come up in the map. So this means that if your practice is listed in there, you're most likely going to have a one in two chance that they'll choose you as their provider. Now, this is a gold standard of what we look at when analyzing online searches and figuring out what we can do to get you listed there. The next section we look at is the organic results just below the map pack. Uh, being listed there holds a lot of power as well. Not as much, but still a lot. Organic rankings get about 29% conversion rate for the top three spots. So what that means is that one in three people will see your listing and make a decision on what they do. Now we'll discuss strategies on how to take steps to meet Google's algorithm requirements um, to get you ranking in these two sections of the keyword search in order to get you found and bring in new patients and case starts. Now, the last place that we're going to discuss is ad placement. Uh, as you can see at the top of my screen, ads will convert at about 19%. So approximately one in five people that will see your ad will convert. And this is still a large amount and has great power to bring in new patients. Now, I know you're probably thinking uh, 45%, 29%, those are much higher than 19. So why would I want to place an ad? Well, you have to keep in mind that ads are a different beast and that you can utilize them in a different way to foster new patient acquisition. Now, although they convert at a lower percentage, you can use them things for things like showing up outside of your geolocation or to boost your visibility while working on building and improving your organic ranking. We'll talk about this a little later in the presentation, but I wanted to give you a good idea um, of where and why you want to be ranked well on Google. So now you're probably wondering how do we facilitate meeting Google's algorithm requirements to get into these areas, right? How do we get our practice to rank better and show up in those high value places for organic keyword searches? Well, like any good building, you've got to start with a strong foundation. And that foundation for your online visibility is going to be your website. So some of you may know my manager, Craig. He's been working with uh, our member practices for about a decade, and he likes to call this the great website debate. So we work with practices on a daily basis who are trying to grow their online visibility, who have been told hundreds of different things by hundreds of different friends and colleagues and companies, and we run into a sort of clash of the titans. That is that their main idea and focus is to have a small, easy to use website that their patients are going to be able to quickly go to and get information and come to their practice. But they still have to rank number one on Google. So if you have this small, easy to use website, but nobody's finding it, you simply cannot convert new patients from organic traffic, right? So that breaks us down into two areas of importance. Where on my website do my patients go? And where does Google go? We're gonna go ahead and start with where do my patients go? So targeted research and analytics done in orthodontic websites show that patients overwhelmingly will go to these five sections of your website and generally in this order. So 
um, the homepage, the doctor, meet the team, what sets us apart, and contact us. They're essentially just looking for information about you, the practice, uh, who they're going to meet when they come through that front door, and why they should choose you over somebody else. The About the Practice page is your welcome mat. It uh, divulges information about your branding, who you are, the type of provider you are, the services you offer, just basic information about your aesthetic, your values, your mission statement. Next, they want to know who the provider is, right? Who is the person that they'll be working with? Where and how did she become a qualified to be my doctor? Uh, do they go to church? Do they have a family? Uh, does he have a dog? Oh, look, he's into fantasy football, uh, just like me. Right? Telling your story is just as important to convince patients as getting found online. The next thing that they want to know is who is your team? Uh, who am I going to meet when I walk through the front door? Who's going to be the assistant working with my kids? Who's the financial coordinator that I'll be working with? Um, and just like it's important to have information about the provider, it's also super important to have updated and correct information about your staff. So um, patients want to know what sets you apart, right? They want to know why you're different than the orthodontist that they choose or that they drive by every day on their way to work. Right? What makes you unique and um, what information is going to help me and my decision of who's the best practice to help with my needs. Um, this is the way that patients are doing research and ultimately how they make their decision on who, how they're, gonna, who they're going to choose for or as their provider. Um, now, you've probably noticed that I didn't talk about any service pages or content or uh, tour the office or anything about that, right? Well, that's because nine times out of 10, your patients already have done that research. And right now they're in the searching for a provider page or they're searching for their provider, right? They've already done that other research. So you're saying to yourself, well, then Jeremy, why do I need all these other pages? What's the point of a common treatment page? or retainer instructions, or five pages about Invisalign or two-phase treatment? Well, it's for Google, of course. Right? Google goes about crawling your site in a very different way than your patients do. Uh, it looks at your contact us page. It wants to see what opportunities you're giving its users to reach out and to see where you're located. Uh, it's looking at your service and treatment pages about orthodontic about lingual braces, Invisalign. It needs to figure out everything that you offer. It's looking at your testimonial pages. It wants to know what your patients are saying about you and your practice. Now, of course, they're also going to be looking at your Meet the Doctor and homepage, Meet the Team, but Google's gonna scrub the entire site to get a better understanding about who you are, what you do, where you're located, and what you offer so that it can be precise when directing its users to your practice. So if you're focused on a super minimal site with basic information and not what you have to offer because you have an idea that patients never look at those pages anyhow, then Google isn't gonna know that you offer those things when somebody does a keyword search looking for, for those things. For example, let's say someone was talking to their friend and learned about Invisalign and is super excited and interested. 
they pull out their laptop and type in Invisalign directly into Google. Now, if you don't have the have content about this and a healthy amount of it, because everybody offers Invisalign, right? Google isn't going to know that to populate your website link in the results that they show its users. You're trying to target braces for teenagers, and there's no content or information regarding that on your website. When a person types in a question into Google asking, who's the best provider for braces uh, for teens near me? Google's not going to know to show your practice in their results because you don't have that information available for them. And testimonials. Google has taken a special interest in what people are saying about you and your practice and your staff, and they want to know how you're highlighting that information on your website. Now, these are all areas that Google is going to be honing in on to see if you're a match for all their searches, aside from what your patients might be looking at. This leads us to the double-edged sword. And it's kind of a breakdown. This is kind of a breakdown of how this works. So we have surface page content describing what and how you do, uh, not for your patients, but for Google. Then we have content listed so that Google ranks you higher for those keyword search items because they can see this content and it's relevant to the search inquiry. This then increases your website traffic because it's visible to more users, thus leading to an increase of new patient conversions from organic online traffic. So you can't have one without the other. It's great to be minimalistic, but if you don't have any necessary information and content on your website to cue Google into what you do and help you rank for those keyword searches, you're most likely not going to show up or rank for those terms and services that you're looking to target. Now you're probably wondering when it comes to this content, what should I be presenting or what information is best to list and what should I specifically be focusing on? As you're developing your website strategy, you should be keeping in mind these points that I like to call the do's and don'ts of website content, um, their best practices. So first you wanna focus on unique content. Google wants to see that you're, what you're posting is Unique to you, it's, um, they're, as they're scrubbing your site, they're seeing, if they're seeing the same exact content that the 100 other orthodontists have, then they're not going to be impressed and won't reward you in your ranking. So you want to make sure that your content speaks to what you do, how you do it, and why you're the best. And Google also rewards confidence when it comes to your content. So second, you want to make sure that all that they come Content is conversational. Uh, Google knows that its users are all kinds of people, not just scientists with an understanding of com complex formulas. So you don't want to create content that sounds like a scientific journal uh, because Google knows that the majority of people that are searching for your service are common folks. And thus you want to make sure that the information is easy to read and understand. Next, you have to make sure that the content is compelling. Uh, it has to tell a story and engage the end user versus listing facts and insignificant information that Google will deem its users feel boring. So include information that relates to the patients you want to convert and gives them a reason to do so. Lastly, you don't want to get let the content on your website get stale. You're going to want to be consistently updating content and information so that 
Google sees that you're an active participant and will then help you to get found easier because they'll be ranking you better. Um, now we're not talking about changing out all the content monthly or all at once. Google rewards consistent changes over periods of time. So maybe updating one or two service or content pages uh, a month or incorporating a blog into your website that you post on weekly. Because Google scrubs your website every three to five weeks. And if they see these changes continuously happy, happening, they will, you'll be in a better place for them to recognize that you're active and you're a participant and to rank you better. So now we've covered how to build your strong foundation. Uh, Google's crawled your site, seen your content, has a good idea of what it is that you offer and who you are. At this point, Google goes into fact-checking mode. Uh, they want to make sure that the information that you're presenting is indeed true and that you are who you say you are. So this brings us to a discussion about listing management. Listing management is a practice to ensure that your information is correct across the entire internet. Uh, once Google's crawled your site, knows who you are and has verified what you do, it's now going to check with the rest of the internet to make sure that everyone else that's seen your site um, has the same information. So this brings us to now. Now, uh, don't get too excited. I know you're all thinking, oh, great. It's time to take a little snooze. But what I'm talking about here is your name, address, and phone number. And this is extremely important. Uh, if you've worked on your own SEO or with a marketing team or someone who specializes in listing management, then you've likely heard of this now or heard of somebody talking about inconsistencies uh, surrounding you're probably also thinking, well, the information's correct on my website, so why would I have to worry about anything else that's out there? Well, again, the answer is going to be Google. And Google does not like inconsistencies, right? So why are they focused on and concerned with NAP? Um, they want to make sure that when they list you and uh, show somebody your information based on what they are looking for, that they are delivering them the most accurate and up-to-date information available, right? They don't like inconsistencies um, and they don't like to give information that is false to their users. Now, <clears throat> remember when we talked about the map pack, that area of your search that converts about 45% of users, if your listings aren't dialed in and completely accurate, you will not end up in the map pack. Uh, there is no way. It's an exclusive club that Google rewards membership to based on the work that you're doing and the accuracy of your listing. Now, looking at the industry in whole, um, if you're not using a listing management company or a comprehensive SEO service, the average practice renders about a 50% inconsistency rate. So this means that 50% of your peers uh, may have an old address listed somewhere or the name of the practice is spelled wrong, or the phone number listed as a backline. Um, these errors are problematic, not only to Google, but to anyone who's trying to reach you, right? And that's why it's important to make sure that these, the NAP is correct across the internet. Now, when we're talking about your listing consistencies, Google is not the only one 
the only one looking for consistent information across the internet. Uh, they're also looking to make sure that your information matches exactly in the listings as it's displayed on your website. So for example, if your website is spelled, if on your website, the word suite is spelled out, spelled out but on Yelp, it's displayed as S-T-E or the pound sign, um, or that your front office phone is listed on your site, but your backline phone is listed um, on white pages. These inconsistencies are problematic for people. And because Google is the authority on search rankings, you need to be diligent in making sure that the information matches exactly anywhere you're getting found on the internet. Now you're probably wondering, well, what listings are you even talking about? Uh, where can you find them? So across the internet, there are hundreds of listing directories and um, that search and pull data from your website and from other listing services. Um, so big, you got the big directories such as Yelp and um, WebMD and Facebook and Yahoo, um, all the way down to the smaller directories like Easy Local and White Pages and Angie's List. Now these are all places that Google is going to search for your site to compare information uh, because their users can also go on these sites and, and search for you. So if you're planning to go the manual route and making sure that these listings are accurate, you're gonna to wanna to start with the search of your practice name. Uh, claiming your profile and beginning to update the information exactly as it's listed on your website. If you're working with an SEO or marketing team, get together with them and see how they're managing your listings or you can utilize their tools to more easily synchronize those listings across the web. Now, now that we talked about uh, directories and the importance of the consistency across the internet um, to be able to rank better in the map pack, we have to turn the discussion to arguably the most important listing directory on the internet. And you probably guessed it, Google again, Google My Business. Um, it's the most recognized and powerful listing directory on the internet. It's the first thing that anyone sees when doing a, a Google search. And it's really become the pillar of, for what listing standards are measured by. So why Google My Business? Um, we've been talking a lot about behavior shifts and how your website is your office new front, front door. Well, Google My Business is essentially that first impression that people get from your practice. So if you Google My, list, Google My Business listing uh, doesn't have compelling and pertinent information regarding what the patient's looking for, they're most likely not going to be interested or click through to your website. Uh, Google My Business listing far outweighs all other listings and as your first impression. And that first impression really can never be taken back. So it allows people, Google My Business allows people to get that information. It's the first visual that they have of you, of your practice, what it looks like. It allows them to see a glimpse as to who you are and what you do. Um, they can see where you're located, office hours. All of this is highlighted directly within the listing. So make sure that when you're optimizing it, you're giving people a reason to come to your site. Um, yeah, so. Another reason that Google My Business is so powerful and important is that it has reviews incorporated directly into the listing. 
So this makes it easy for them to do their research and get an idea of who you are, how friendly, you know, how friendly or welcoming, welcoming your staff is, um, and what other patients are saying about you. Having a healthy number of reviews is a good and a good rating is going to help you convert more patients. And Google will help you by rewarding you with a better ranking. So this dichotomy is one of the best practices you can have and goes right back to the concept of that double-edged sword. Reviews are posted for you and your potential patients to, to research, but they're most important for Google and they reward you by boosting your visibility. The more visible you are, the more impressions you're gonna get, funneling more clicks through to your website and ultimately converting more patients. Okay, so here are my best, five best Google My Business practices. Uh, first, you have to make sure that your nap matches your website, uh, here and there and all over the internet. Everywhere that you're found, make sure that it matches exactly. Next, you should be adding posts directly to your Google My Business profile. So they allow you to post right on there. Those posts last about seven to 10 business days, but this is a great way to engage users. The more you post, the more visible Google is going to be. You wanna make sure that your profile is complete with all the pertinent information. So much like your website, Google My Business is more than just a business card. Um, it's allowing for things like hours of operation, links to your website, menu of services, appointment requests. Uh, it gives those patients in research mode a quick fire way to find out who you are and what you offer. Um, that way they can decide if they wanna continue on to your site. Now remember that this is the highest price in organic Google ranking. So making sure that your profile is complete and accurate will give you a better chance of getting rewarded on Google. Next, you wanna add content directly to your Google My Business. So you want to have three pictures of your exterior of your practice, the interior, three of the doctor, three of the staff. Um, having this all there will be a great first impression. And then if they continue on to your website, uh, they're gonna say to see the same content and information, and you'll have a much higher chance of converting those patients. Now, last but not least, build reviews. Uh, I can't reiterate this enough. You gotta build, build, build those reviews. Uh, Google places the most weight on your map pack ranking based on how many and how consistently you're garnering reviews. Okay, so I know that that is a ton of information and uh, you're probably thinking, holy cow. Um, but keep in mind, uh, we see in a monthly usage data that about 180 million people are searching through these Google My Business pro profiles. Uh, and you compare that to the other big listing directories like Facebook, who has about 80 million per month, um, or Yelp, who has 64 million. Those two combined don't even come close to the number of people that we see on Google My that's why it's so important and should be one of your highest priorities in your online visibility strategy. Okay, so now uh, let's talk about some reviews. Everyone knows about them, <clears throat> has seen Google reviews, but most frequently asked questions, one of the most frequently asked questions that I get 
<clears throat> from my practices is what's the best way to build reviews? Now, from an office standpoint, you can create things like QR codes or hand out toothbrushes asking for reviews or just simply ask the patients what when they leave, would you mind giving us a review? But we don't often see much success with these strategies, uh, building the amount and consistency of reviews that you need. So a more comprehensive review strategy is going to be encompassing these two digital means. <clears throat> One's more effective than the other and makes it easier for the end user, but both are going to help get the reviews seen and give you a higher chance of garnering the amount that you are looking for. So number one strategy for building reviews is via text. Uh, data shows that text messages have a much higher read rate at 95% versus 50% with email, much faster response time at three minutes versus two hours, and action time is significantly quicker, uh, a mere 90 seconds versus two hours with email. So if you're only sending emails to get reviews, one in two people aren't even gonna see what you're trying to get them to do. And if they do see it, it takes more time for them to respond, which is why text message is the preferred method. Now you also, also have to remember that you're not the only one asking these patients for reviews. So this same day that they came to see you, they probably went and purchased something online, went to a restaurant, um, uh, they came and got their, they went and got their hair done. Uh, and you can bet that each one of these activities they've completed, they're all also being asked for reviews. So because of this, your request for that review really needs to stand out um, by making it easy for them to sing your praises. Now, the last thing that we need to touch on in terms of getting reviews is making sure that we're not filtering out the bad ones and only posting five-star reviews. So firstly, Google is smarter than the average bear. Uh, they can see these filter tactics and they don't, not only do they frown upon these tactics, um, they want an unbiased, <clears throat> they want an unbiased level field representation of who you are. Um, and they can and will actively remove your, all your <laughs> reviews if you are using some sort of filter. Um, second, you wanna build reviews on a steady basis. So if you have two to three reviews coming in each month and all of a sudden that number jumps to 20 or 30, it's gonna be a little suspicious and alert Google that something spammy might be happening <clears throat> and prompt, it to, prompt them to investigate. Excuse me. Um, lastly, dun, 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 what, do, what happens if I get a bad review? And this is you know, another one of my highest, most frequently asked questions. Um, what do I do if I get a bad review? Because the correlation of not being able to bring in new patients is so pertinent. With, um, so like I've been talking about this whole time, there's been a shift in uh, consumers' behavior, and there's online smarter online customers, um, and having a bad review isn't necessarily the death of your new patient flow. Patients understand now more than ever what's happening and how to filter through these reviews in their own minds. So what do I do if I get a bad review? Uh, the number one thing that you should be doing is responding to those reviews. Um, and this isn't isolated to only the bad ones. Uh, 
you should be, if you're trying to negate the reviews in a, you know, the, if you're trying to negate those bad reviews in the minds of those researchers, uh, you need to be responding to every review you get. And Google loves to see a practices interaction and feedback for the people who are taking time to leave you a review. Now, you don't have to write a novel, just a simple thank you. We loved having you as the most important part of our practice, or we're very sorry to hear you had a negative experience. Please give us a call to discuss and give us a chance to rectify the situation. Just something short, cordial, to the point. That's all that's really required. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is the perception of the researcher. Um, I'm sure that everybody who's watching this has gone on Amazon and you are searching through and you're comparing different items. Um, one has 4.8 stars, one has 3.5, one has 5.8. Each of these products have 2000 reviews. And as a consumer, that five-star review will feel really suspicious. Right? You're gonna tell me that 2000 people all love this set of knee pads, that not one single pair was mismatched or had a wonky fit or that somebody just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and hated the color and needed space, some space to vent, All right? As a consumer, I know that this is super unlikely and will raise a red flag in my mind. Right? So this, the same is true for orthodontic reviews. Uh, researchers are more likely to choose a practice with 4.8 stars because they view them as real. Those negative, that negative 0.2 stars adds a sense of true human nature and validity to the reviews that are posted. Now, of course, it would be amazing to only have five-star reviews, but it's not realistic, and it really can be turning patients away when it comes to their research. So if you've been reluctant to automate review requests and send them to everyone because you're afraid of getting bad reviews, my suggestion is to shift your behavior because bad reviews are going to happen. Humans have something to say about everything and we can't make everyone happy. So people know this. Uh, you also know, have now have the know-how to refuse these negative reviews and strengthen the validity of your practice and values by responding to them. So start sending those requests to everyone. Um, it'll ensure that you, the request is getting seen and help you to convert on more reviews than you've seen in the past. And I, as a disclaimer, I would say, just be nice to your patients and those nice reviews will come in. Okay, so now we're gonna shift out of talking about reviews and listings and talk a little bit about a buzz that's been happening in the industry. that's um, been viewed as a little bit of doom and gloom. Um, and, this is a, regarding to Google. Um, I'm talking about the spring release of Google's algorithm update, um, which they inform the public that there's something new in their requirements for ranking criteria. Now, with my knowledge and history in this field, I know that this can sometimes cause a little panic about what I do and what if I start losing my ranking. So I wanted to briefly discuss to make sure that you're aware of exactly what's happening and have the knowledge and <clears throat> know-how uh, of steps to take. So spring of 2021, Google um, made an update 
right? And just like Google's done in the past, it updates its algorithm based on what it thinks its users will find beneficial or is in their best So as you all know, Google's in the business um, of making sure that they're evolving with its users, also changing behaviors to make sure that people are continuing, continuing to use their platform. Um, so the big fear caused by this release is that load speed will become a ranking factor. Uh, essentially, how fast is your website loading when a user clicks on the link? This hasn't been viewed as a priority in the past, but with the changing landscape and more users online, Google understands that if a website isn't loading fast, um, their users might get distracted, bounce to another site, or start using a different search engine altogether. So target time for load speeds is about five seconds. Uh, websites that take longer than that to load may start to see a dip in their ranking. Now, this isn't gonna happen immediately. Google also knows that without its vendors and service providers that they wouldn't have a platform in the first place. So they've made an announcement and we'll be giving you adequate time to adjust, um, make updates and changes. Now, this isn't new behavior from Google. Uh, if you've had your website for 10 years or more, uh, we've seen this happen several times. So 2014, it was re released that Google no longer wanted to have separate mobile site and desktop versions of your website. Uh, that was a new standard that it would be a single site that was mobile responsive or mobile optimized. Um, they knew that more users were using their phones and computers, so they made that, that change. Um, Three years ago, we saw Google release another push for security um, by implementing requirements for an SSL or secure socket layer. Um, it was introduced to make sure that your website is encrypted so that when one of its users clicked on a link, it would be the, delivered to your site free from hackers and online spammers. Now, because Google is in the business of delivering websites to users, it viewed this as an important way to safeguard its users and make the internet a more secure place for individuals to be. Now, what does this mean for you? Uh, it means that now is a really good time to elevate your platform and um, see where your site is being hosted. So if it's older than about four years, it's probably gonna need some updates and to make it secure, make it load quickly, um, and so that it's meeting Google's algorithm requirements. If you're working with a <clears throat> digital marketing team and have been updating or rebuilding your site every three to four years um, on a regular basis, you're probably gonna be fine, but it wouldn't hurt to take a look and see if now's the right time to continue that dedication. Now, if you wanna keep your rankings high and improve upon them, um, it, this is definitely a good time to do so. So as uh, you're evaluating your website and the load speed and all the other things we've been talking about um, to make sure your site's meeting those requirements, um, doing updates and modifications, uh, you don't wanna do it in the wrong way by stripping your site of content. So as my man, Kevin Hart would say, uh, you better pump the brakes, right? You don't have to be minimal. You don't need to have a minimalistic site for your speed load speeds to be fast. Um, there are plenty of sites that have way more content and videos and links than yours uh, that continue to 
load quickly and um, because of the platform and where they're hosted. So if you just go and you start stripping your site of content and pages and um, all of that, you're going to run the risk of seeing your rankings drop because of that rather than your load speed. Uh, just another double negative. So make sure that you have a plan, talk to an expert in the field and do research uh, to up to up date your site and platform and hosting in the right way. So now I want to talk to you about how you can become visible more quickly through paid advertising. Um, this is a more aggressive strategy than dealing with organics because organics can take time and to see results. Uh, paid ads are take minimal time and energy and you can see them much quicker based on the demographic, location, keywords that you're targeting, based on the amount of money that you're willing to put forward. So in other words, ads can generate new patient growth very quickly based on your budget. Um, we're gonna start with PPC, and what that means is pay per click. What is it? Um, it pay per click means that we have a media budget for an ad. Each time your ad is seen and placed, uh, your a small portion of your budget is taken out. Every time it's clicked, a little larger portion of that budget is taken out. The ad will run for as long as uh, it has a budget associated, a dollar amount, and <clears throat> until you change it. So why do people use PPC? You've You've worked so hard to build your organic ranking, to get yourself to the map pack. Why would you need to use some sort of paid ad platform? Well, it can be used for several different reasons. Maybe you're a brand new practice and um, you're building your website right now, or um, you're working on your organic ranking and you'd like to get found faster. Um, maybe you're targeting somebody in another city next, next door to yours. Um, there's lots of different reasons that people use ads. Um, another huge benefit to ads is that they can help you be visible, you know, outside of that specific geo-fenced uh, location that you're in. Um, and Google places heavy attitude on where exactly you are. So if you're you know, in a busy area that people commute, it's be very advantageous to put an ad out there and um, target those people in those other areas. How do I measure pay-per-click? Well, um, the most co common measurement for pay-per-click is click-through rate. And this is how many people out of all the impressions, all the people that saw your, your ad, clicked on the link and landed on your website or the landing page. Now, keep in mind that people are only converting at about 19% that we discussed earlier, um, but an average click-through rate in the industry is about 1.5%. So it's a much smaller number. Um, your, ad, your ad is gonna have a lot of impressions, um, but we're gonna see a smaller number of click-throughs and that's how we can measure how the ad is performing. Uh, based on what platform we're using, how it's showing up, uh, the number of people who are seeing it versus how many are coming to your site. Um, once somebody clicked through to your site, we can also measure things like site behavior. 
Uh, where are they going after, or are they bouncing right off? Uh, do I have a tag manager set up to track conversions, um, form submissions, click call to text on my phone number, uh, or meet the doctor page? They're, these are all ways to measure behavior based on these ads. And lastly, do they work? Do PPC ads and campaigns actually work? Uh, it can say with 100% confidence that they absolutely do work. Um, we have a ton of members using ad platforms successfully to pull in new patients each month from the ads that they run based on the two platforms that we're about to talk to about next. Um, these two platforms differ a little based on the amount you spend and how you're targeting patients, but they're both a really great way to get your practice and then in front of patients fast and bring visibility to your website. So yes, they definitely work if you're looking to drive your patient flow. So we can't talk about ads unless we're talking um, about Google ads and online paid advertising, right? They're the gold standard for pay-per-click ads and the most commonly known form of online ads. Uh, when somebody talks about PPC or online advertising, they're most often associating these terms directly with Google ads. So I've done research on an orthodontist in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I put in a keyword search, just orthodontist, Newark, and you can see that we have our ad placement right at the top. Um, we also have one ad in the map pack. So um, these tend to garner higher click-through rate, and um, this is the area for the highest conversion, also probably going to cost the most money, right? So to start, we have to target relevant keywords. Um, what do I want to show up for? So orthodontist, braces, teen Invisalign, uh, whatever those keywords are that we're going to target them through our media budget. Once we have our relevant keywords uh, set, then we need to set our search radius. Like I said earlier, since the organic rankings focus on your physical location, uh, you might want to focus on targeted keyword searches in the next town over, or in the city, or in the suburbs, uh, dependent on your location. Um, as you can see in my results for Newark, uh, the first ad placement is for a practice in New York City. Uh, the second is for a practice in New Providence. New Providence is several towns over and a little over 20 miles from Newark. Um, but they've utilized this campaign so that they can reach outside of their town, um, see if they can get patients who might be on lunch break scrolling uh, through, or maybe somebody who's waiting for a flight. Um, it's a great way to use their PPC. So once we've set our keywords and our radius, uh, we're ready to start targeting new patients for that criteria. So to give you a visual understanding uh, how, of how this flows and the logistics of how these ads work, you're going to target your keyword, keyword, uh, keywords and radius. Uh, those results are going to show at the top of a given search based on that criteria. And this will drive new web traffic and you'll convert new patients. Uh, the strategy or pathway to using Google ads, you can think about it as a piece of a, in a puzzle. So if one of the pieces is missing in your puzzle, it's going to be incomplete 
and you're not going to get found or convert patients or get a good return on that investment. So something to keep in mind as you work on your campaign is, yes, even though this can be a little more set it and forget it, I've chosen my keywords, I set my radius, I have my ad and my budget. Um, you need to continue to monitor your ads over time and check in on its success. Uh, you, need, you may need to change keywords or the radius or make new ads. Uh, just like the content on your website, you want to make sure that it isn't, these ads aren't getting stale and you got to continue to change them up and evolve so that you can optimize your goals. The next thing that you know, you're, now you know how Google, Google ads and that kind of PPC works. Um, we're gonna talk about social media ads. It's kind of the new kids on the block. Um, these are ads that are listed in Facebook, on Instagram. And <clears throat> if you've ever scrolled through either of those platforms um, and seen an ad, you're probably thinking, what, why is this here? What's going on? Um, well, they're becoming extremely powerful to reach targeted demographics, um, which is a little bit different than what we just saw with Google Ads. So let's dive in a little deeper here. Um, here we have some great examples of Facebook and Instagram ads. Now, instead of targeting keywords, um, these, are these ads are targeting an audience. Um, so... Google ads are targeting words like orthodontia or Invisalign. Uh, social media ads are targeting people and demographics. So for example, I wanna target mothers between the age of 30 and 50 in this area. Uh, this is a much different way of thinking about how am I going to display my ads and who's actually going to be seeing them, right? So the next big piece with the social ads is that they're much more interactive uh, than Google ads. So rather than just seeing a link uh, to the website, uh, you're actually seeing pictures, videos, um, your logo displayed. You can add custom photos from the office. Right? People are extremely visible. And so this is a much more compelling way to uh, target patients than a link in a list of results. So this is different and somewhat more effective way for you to build out ad campaigns to target these audiences. Um, you can target specific services as well. So be it Invisalign or Team Braces or Smile Makeovers, whatever you decide that's going to be best for your campaign. Social ads are an avenue to help you create and customize a story that you wanna tell the people um, within the actual ad. And that's why they are becoming so powerful as people learn to use, utilize them. So the question becomes, what is best for me in my practice? Um, with Google ads, you're fishing for new patients, right? You're baiting the hook, you're casting the line, hoping that you get a bite. Whereas social ads, you're out there hunting for patients that you want. Uh, you're being more aggressive to get your name in front of someone who may not even be looking for you. Now, Google ads are just links in the list and don't have much compelling content um, to pull the patients in. It's just click and hope for the best, right? Whereas social ads are highly visible and 
can really pique the interest of people, um, maybe who didn't even know that they had that interest. Um, now, lastly, the <clears throat> return on investment margins um, are the big definer in the separation of these two different types of ad platforms. Um, now, you may be thinking, right, they're both ads, they're doing the same thing. I'm guessing the return on investment margins are relatively similar. So there was an online poll that showed that the average uh, Google ad budget across all industries was anywhere from $2,000 to $8,000 per month. And this is, a, a, again, a, a, all industries, not just orthodontia. Um, but that's a good amount of money to be spending to drive consumer decisions. Now, those same businesses that were running Google ads were also running social media ads, and their average monthly budget was $200 to $800 per month. Um, same ads, same click-through rates, and same number of impressions. So from a dollar amount, uh, I can utilize social media ads at a lower media budget and still generate the same amount of website traffic as I would through Google. Um, of course, we have to consider the quality of the leads. Yes, on Google, it's gonna be a higher cost, but these people are searching for your services. So that ad spend is going to be a little higher because you're targeting people who are further along in the patient journey. Now, so both of these types of ads are very great. Both can be successful if done correctly. Now, this is the, you know, kind of the final thing that we need to cover um, and one of, one of the most important, um, you've got your content for your social media ads. Uh, we've got our keywords and our radiuses for our Google ads. We're all set and we're gonna run successful campaigns. However, you cannot lose track of your landing pages. Um, this is where you're going to direct those people who clicked on your ad. Uh, where on your site do they end up with that click? Now, this may seem like a small, insignificant part of the you know, the whole campaign process, um, but it really is the most important piece. So if you're not delivering people to the, if you're not delivering them the information that you've promised them um, with your ad, then you're likely not going to convert that patient. Um, if you run an ad on social media for Invisalign, they click the ad and it comes to your homepage and there's nothing about Invisalign, they're most likely just gonna click the back button, button and um, cause a high bounce rate for your, for your website. Um, so now you've spent all this money to get that click, you haven't converted the patient and you haven't compelled them to stay on the site and look around. So you've done yourself an injustice, right? Um, if you're running an ad for adult orthodontics and deliver them to the contact us page, they're not going to stick around. So not having a succinct landing page strategy with your ads is the number one way to lose money on your ad campaign, period. Um, and just like that double-edged sword, uh, it's in the negative for you. So you've done all this work, you're organic SEO, you've built reviews, wrote great content, um, you're blogging, but all of a sudden you start losing steam due to this mismanagement of your landing pages and your high bounce rate, uh, your ranking is gonna to start to slip. So make sure, can't stress this enough, how important it is if you 
are doing advertisements, make sure that your landing pages are delivering the information that they're looking for. Um, and definitely, if you have more questions about this, feel free to uh, get a hold of me, and I'm happy to discuss strategies that will help you and can help you in the interim. Okay, so uh, holy cow, <laughs> that was a lot of information, right? So you're probably asking, where do I go next? What do I do first? You spent a lot of time here today learning about things that you can do and strategies that you can implement uh, to boost your online visibility. The information that you need to know and you've got things that um, in your mind that you might be able to do to drive conversion from online traffic. So I'm gonna make this succinct. Um, here are my top recommendations to break it down. Make it simple. So you're gonna start with your foundation, which is your website. Make sure that it's solid, okay? If you start trying to do SEO or run campaigns, but have a dated platform or website, you're gonna be spinning your wheels and not reaching the goals that you set for yourself. And um, always start with the website. Next, build out your content, have a strategy in place. Um, make sure that it's unique, conversational, compelling, and it doesn't get stale. Uh, you, you wanna keep people on your site. Uh, you're consistently updating content for Google. Uh, you've got a healthy amount of content on the site describing your services. All of this is going to go into your online visibility campaign and elevate your practice across different keyword search terms. Next, you've got to focus on reviews. Okay? Make sure that you have a strategy in place to consistently build reviews, um, automate texts and email re requests. Um, those render the highest results, but do whatever works for your practice. Um, make sure that whatever's best for you, you're doing it and you're building those reviews. And lastly, uh, supplement ads when needed um, to help boost your visibility, um, whether it's social media ads or Google ads. Um, these are ways to access patients outside of your geographic location, as well as showcase your practice. Um, I discuss, I, I suggest discussing that with your marketing team and coming up with their best strategy to meet your practices goals. Um, all right, well, thank you for sticking around. If you need, you have questions, you need me, please don't uh, hesitate to reach out. You can call or text me or send me an email. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Jeremy. That was awesome. Very uh, relevant information for today. Uh, so I do have a few questions for you. Uh, the first one is about getting the hyperlink for Google reviews. Sometimes it's buried. And if we wanted to text a hyperlink for a patient to quickly click on it, write us a review, where can we find that? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, if you can find your, you know, the best way to do it is to Google your name um, with a DDS at the end or your DMD or your practice's name. If you're at like River Rock Orthodontics, um, try and find that. And then you can actually take that link because it's going to be super long, right? Put it into a link generator that wow. shortens it. Um, and so that's a great way to be able to, you know, copy and paste that short link 
and text it out to your patient so that when they get it, they click on it, takes them directly to that. Um, like a bit.ly generator, right? That's right? Exactly. What do you have one preferred website that you usually recommend to generate that link? You know what? I don't. Um, we are, we do that um, in at Sesame for our patients or for our members um, with our software, but you an easy Google search would be able to render you something to, to be able to do that. And that's great. a great question because it, it really is uh, important. You don't want to be sending somebody a link with 500 characters. Right, it's like very long and hard to click yeah. on and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, my other question is about what if you need a new website? Uh, how do you know whether or not you own the domain, whether or not you can easily transfer it to another company if you need to switch to somebody else to build it for you? And what's that process like? Yeah, um, that's great too. So your domain is where your authority is held with Google, right? So if you've had your domain for 10 years, you definitely, if you're going to build a new site, you do not want to get rid of that domain. So you got to make sure that whoever is hosting your website, um, be it on GoDaddy or um, with another company, that you have that domain maintained. So if it's the same company building your new site, they're just going to auto-link it. If you're going to come to Sesame, let's say you call me and you say, we need a new site, we want you to build it. What we do is we will access the site, the domain from the other company, grab that when the time is right. So once your website's built and we're ready to throw that up on the internet, we then get your, your domain, link it to your new site and, and post it up on the internet. Okay, great. Um, and what about if you wanna have a website that shows your personality uh, if your practice culture is very lighthearted, silly, is that something that you recommend is highlighted on your website, given that your audience is going to be broad and maybe they're only going to look at a couple pages? Absolutely. Um, in this day and age, everybody wants to see who you are, right? They want to see your personality. They want to be able to laugh with you and at you. Um, so having goofy pages of the doctor, of your staff, um, it's really very important to show that. Just as important as it is, as it is if you want to be super serious, right? Um, if that's your aesthetic, then that's what you should do. But absolutely, like uh, show your personality 100% of the time. Cool, thank you. Um, yeah. And for a startup practice, say you're building a practice from scratch, you mm -hmm. have a brand new domain name. How long is it going to take for you to actually build some organic ranking on Google? Yeah, that's a great question. So generally takes uh, Google about three months to recognize that you're even there. Um, and so you're probably, if you have a bunch of great content and, and whatnot on your site, you start with a good SEO base. Um, it's going to take probably a good six months to, to a year if you are doing continuous work to get found, um, to be get yourself from, I mean, and it really depends. I mean, there, there are lots of moving parts, right? So um, if you're in New York City, it may take five years. Um, if you're up in, you know, Buffalo, that's not as populated, may take six months. Um, it just really depends on how much work you're putting in 
Um, if you're not putting any in, you're probably going to sit sit on page four or five and and not really move. So that's why this is really so important. And how do you identify ROI on the Google ads versus the Facebook ads versus the Instagram ads? Is that a clean cut formula or is it more vague and just um, about getting name recognition out there? So we have a way to track your, the, what, what you're pulling from those ads. So whether or not you have a Google ad out or a social media ad out, every click we're gonna see. Um, and so then we can start tracking, you know, how people get to your, how people are coming to you so that you can see, I got eight new patient calls from my uh, Google ad, or I have 15 new patient calls from my social media ad. And that's really how we start to, to monitor and track your return on your investment. Got it. Okay, I have one more question for you. Um, yeah. When you're writing website content, how important is it to make sure that you have put the keywords like orthodontist, the city that you live, you know, that you your practice is in, Invisalign, braces in the content over and over again? Yeah, that, so Google, again, is scrubbing every single page, right? So having that content in there um, and an excessive amount um, and also having it in question form um, is very important. So people aren't just typing in braces into Google anymore, right? They're saying, who is the best ortho, who's the best, who gives the best braces in all of my town? or you know, they're asking what's called a long tail keyword search. Um, and so being able to write content that expresses that um, will help because Google is scrubbing that site. They're seeing that question, it's duplicated almost exactly. Um, and that's what's going to help you get ranked better with those keywords. Do you think having a blog is still important because of that? Because it allows you to continuously put out all the keywords? No. Or is that more um, of a passe thing that you don't really need a blog anymore? No, you definitely need a blog. Um, and it's not so much for the keyword searches, but it's for the consistent changes on your website. So remember I said Google scrubs your site every three-ish weeks. Um, if they're seeing a consistent change on your site every time they scrub it, there's new new posts, new information, new content. That's what they're seeing as favorable to rank you better in those organic searches. Because they already know that you do Invisalign. They already know that you do braces, right? right. It's about now, it's about elevating and keeping your, keeping not getting stale. Remember I said, don't let it get stale. Blogging is a great way to do that on your actual website. Got it. Social media, posting on your social media is another really great way because it's linked directly to your website. Got it, cool. Well, thank you. Um, thank you, Sesame Communications, for bringing this wonderful session to the NISO experience participants. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for sharing your experiences through your fabulous presentation. And thank you to our audience for joining us tonight. And please be sure to take the test and complete the session evaluation to get your CE credits. 
Uh, please remember to tune in November 12th for our day-long NISO experience sessions and visit our website, which is www.niso.org for programming details. Thanks and good night. Thank you, Dr. Pompey. Thank you.